chapter six of the love affairs of pixie by mrs george de horn vesey this librivox recording is in the public domain a talk about men and pickles stanor vaughan was deputed to take pixie into dinner that evening an arrangement which at the beginning of the meal appeared less agreeable to him than to his partner he cast furtive glances at the small plain yet mysteriously attractive little girl who was the sister of the beautiful mrs hilliard the while she ate her soup and found himself attacked by an unusual nervousness he didn't know what to say he didn't know how to say it he had made a bad start and he wished with all his heart that he could change places with carr and rot with that jolly miss ward all the same he found himself curiously attracted by this small miss o'shaughnessy and he puzzled his handsome head to discover why there was no beauty in the little face and as a rule stanor as he himself would have expressed it had no use for a girl who was plain what really attracted him was the happiness and serenity which shone in pixie's face as light shines through the encircling glass for to human creatures as to plants the great necessity of life is sun and its attraction is supreme walk along a crowded street and watch the different faces of the men and women as they pass by gray faces drab faces white faces yellow faces faces sad and cross and lined and dull faces by the thousand blank of any expression at all and then here and there at rare rare intervals a live face that speaks you spy it afar off a face with shining eyes with lips curled ready for laughter with arching brows and tilted chin and every little line and wrinkle speaking of life that face is as a magnet to attract not only eyes but hearts into the bargain the passers-by rouse themselves from their lethargy to smile back in sympathy and pass on their way wafting mental messages of affection what a dear girl they cry or woman or man as the case may be what a charming face i should like to know that girl and the girl with the happy face goes on her way all the happier for the kindly thoughts by which she is pursued when strangers were first introduced to pixie o'shaughnessy they invariably catalogued her as a plain-looking girl when they had known her for an hour they began to feel that they had been mistaken and at the end of a week they would have been prepared to quarrel with their best friend if he had echoed their own first judgment the charm of her personality soon overpowered the physical deficiency stanor vaughan was as yet too young and prosperous to realize the real reason of pixie's attraction he decided that it was attributable to her trim jaunty little figure and the unusual fashion in which she dressed her hair also she wore a shade of bright flame-coloured silk which made a special appeal to his artistic eye and he approved of the simple graceful fashion of its cut looks as if she'd had enough stuff he said to himself with all a man's dislike of the prevailing hobble 
he pondered how to open the conversation asking himself uneasily what punishment the girl would award him for his faux pas of the afternoon would she be haughty she didn't look like the kind of little thing to be haughty would she be cold and aloof somehow glancing at the irregular piquant little profile he could not imagine her aloof would she snap ah now he was not so certain he saw distinct possibilities of snap and then just as he determined that he really must make the plunge and get it over pixie leaned confidentially toward him and said below her breath please talk make a start any start and i'll go on it's your place to begin oh stammered stanner and promptly forgot every subject of conversation under the sun he stared back into the girl's face met her honest eyes and was seized with an impulse of confession before i say anything else i i i ought to apologize miss o'shaughnessy i'm most abominably ashamed i'm afraid you overheard my um what i said to miss ward at tea of course i heard said pixie staring what could you expect not four yards away in a great bass voice i'm not deaf but there's no need to feel sorry i thought you put it very nicely myself nicely he stared in amaze nicely how could you possibly you said i had given esmeralda my share i never once looked at it in that way neither had anyone else and it's so soothing it gives me a sort of credit don't you see as well as a pride she was speaking honestly transparently honestly it was impossible to doubt that with her clear eyes beaming upon him her lips curling back in laughter from her small white teeth there was not one sign of rancour of offence of natural girlish vanity suffering beneath a blow good sport cried stanner in a voice however which could be heard by no one but himself his embarrassment fell from him but not his amazement that seemed to increase with each moment that passed his glance lingered on pixie's face the while he said incredulously it's wonderful of you i've known heaps of girls but never one who would have taken it like that you don't seem to have a scrap of conceit excuse me corrected miss o'shaughnessy for the first time she seemed to be slightly ruffled as though the supposition that she could be bereft of any quality or experience common to her kind was distinctly hurtful to her pride i have heaps but it's for the right things i've too much conceit to be conceited about things about which i've no right to be conceited i'm only conceited about things which i'm conceited enough to know are worth being jolly well conceited about concluded stanner and they laughed together in merry understanding that's it agreed pixie nodding i used to be conceited about being plain because it was so unusual in our family that it was considered quite distinguished and my father used to boast at the hunt that he had the ugliest child in the county though it was himself that said it but she gave the slightest most ephemeral of sighs i've lived through that i'm conceited now about other things lots of them i'm sure there must be lots agreed stanner with a sincerity which condoned the banality of the speech 
about your good nature for one thing i should say and your generosity in forgiving a blundering man and your jolly disposition which makes you smile when another girl would have been wild i can understand all those and a lot more but just as a matter of curiosity i should like to know what are you conceited about most pixie o'shaughnessy smiled there was evidently no doubt in her own mind as to her reply the slim figure straightened the little head tilted in air quick and crisp came the reply i can make people do what i like can you though exclaimed stanner blankly the statement seemed to threaten a mysteriously personal application and he relapsed into a ruminating silence the while his companion employed herself cheerfully with her dinner and the looks and conversation of her companions it was one of pixie's special gifts to be able to do at least three things at the same time with quite a fair amount of success she could for instance write a business-like letter while carrying on an animated conversation with a friend and keeping an eye on a small child tottering around the room brain eyes and limb were alike so alert that what to slower natures would have been impossible to her involved no effort at all therefore when about two minutes later stanor opened his lips again to utter a short urgent how she had not the slightest difficulty in switching back to the subject though she had been at the moment in the midst of an absorbing calculation as to the number of yards of lace on a dress of a lady farther down the table and in drawing mental designs of the way it was put on to enclose to bridgie in her next letter home how i understand them said pixie deeply you can open any door if you have the key but most people go on banging when it's shut i wait until i find my key and then i keep it ready until the moment arrives when i wish to get in Danor's broad shoulders gave an involuntary movement which might almost have been taken for a shiver once again he felt a mysterious conviction of a personal application all his life long the phrase had rung in his ears i don't understand you if i could once understand you and for lack of that understanding there had been trouble and coldness between himself and his nearest relative proverbially he was difficult to understand and he had prided himself on the reputation who wanted to be a simple transparent fellow whom any one could lead this was the first time in his life that he had come into contact with a girl who announced herself an expert understander of human nature he wondered vaguely what given the initial success pixie would wish him to do hesitated on the point of inquiry thought better of it and turned the conversation to impersonal topics after dinner pixie sat on a sofa in the drawing-room enjoying a temporary tete-a-tete with the other girl visitor miss ward's hair was if possible smoother than ever and she wore a velvet dress almost exactly matching it in shade which seemed to pixie's unsophisticated eyes an extraordinarily sumptuous garment for a young girl to wear her eyes were brown too bright quick-glancing eyes full of interest and curiosity when she spoke her nationality became once more conspicuous miss patricia o'shaughnessy i guess you and i have got to be real good friends 
i've been spoiling for another girl to enjoy this trip with me if you're having a good time it makes it twice as good to have a girl to go shares and compare notes and share the jokes you look to me as if you could enjoy a joke i was brought up to them pixie affirmed i couldn't live without there's nothing to eat nor to drink nor to do nor to have that i couldn't give up at a pinch but a sense of humour i must have if you feel the same we're friends from this minute would you mind telling me as a start just exactly who you are miss ward's face fell her white brows knitted in a frown i'm an american she announced mr and mrs hilliard had an introduction to my people when they visited the states and when i came over to europe they invited me here i'm proud to death of being an american that's of course but there's something else you might as well know it first as last she straightened herself and drew a fluttering breath i'm in trade i'm ward's unrivalled piquant pickles Wh what pixie stammered in confusion as well she might for the announcement was unusual to say the least of it pickles cauliflower and cabbage and little snippets of vegetables floating in piquant sauce in fat square bottles i make them in my factory if you went over to the states you'd see my play cards on every wall and inside magazines and on the back sheets of newspapers a big fat man eating a plate of cold meat with wards unrivaled piquants by his side they used to be my father's now they're mine i am the unrivaled piquant pickles i run the factory the profits grow more enormous every year there's no other partners in it only me if at the beginning of her speech the speaker had made an affectation of humility she certainly ended on a note of pride and pixie's admiration was transparently evident think of that now a whole factory and pickles too i adore pickles especially the fat cauliflowery bits and to see one's own name on the hoardings i'd be so proud honest injun you would you don't feel proud and lofty because i'm in trade and had a grandfather who couldn't read while your ancestors have been grandees for centuries many english people do you know they have a way of looking at me as if i were a hundred miles away and stunted at that and others who do receive me don't trouble to hide that it's for the sake of the dollars a girl likes to be cared for for herself she wants people should judge her by what she is it's a big handicap patricia to be too rich i'll take your word for it me dear having no experience said pixie graciously but i'd like to be tried as for caring no one could help it i do already and i've only known you three hours and esmeralda said you were nice enough to be irish and it isn't the easiest thing in the world to please her fancy she's a beautiful princess she's been real sweet to me over here i'm crazy about her honor affirmed in the slow dragging voice which went so quaintly with her exaggerated language but one mrs hillier don't make a world you've got to be just as good to me as you know how patricia for i have got no one belonging to me on this side dearer than an elderly cousin twice removed and it's a lonesome feeling you see it isn't only what people think of me it's the mean suspicious feelings i've gotten towards them as a result of being brought up an heiress 
if i could tell you all i've endured the things i've been told the things i've overheard twenty-three men have asked me to marry them and there wasn't an honest heart among the crowd i'm not a new-fashioned girl i'm made so as to love my own home but as sure as fate i'll die an old maid for i run away from fortune hunters and the honest men run away from me if a man happened to be poor and proud it would be a pretty stiff undertaking to propose to the biggest pickle factory in the world and i guess i don't make it any easier you see it's like this the more i'm anxious that 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 uh she stammered uncertainly for a moment then with forcible emphasis brought out a plural pronoun they should care for me really and truly for myself the more i think that they only think exactly interrupted pixie nodding i quite understand and indeed she looked so exceedingly alert and understanding that honour flushed all over her small pale face and made haste to change the conversation how did you get on with your partner at dinner pretty well huh he can be real charming when he likes and there's no doubt but he's good to look at i've met him quite a good deal since i've been over here for he's been staying at several houses at the same time from a european point of view we seem quite old friends and i've a kind of fellow feeling for him poor boy for he's a sufferer from my complaint of being too well off for his own good pixie nodded several times without speaking her lips pursed in knowing elderly fashion that accounts for it she said and when honour queried eagerly as to her meaning her reply had a blighting insinuation i am accustomed to soldiers men who can fight that's not fair cried honour sharply she straightened herself and tilted her head at an aggressive angle that's not fair i guess Standervon and i have to go through our own military training and it's a heap more complicated than marching round a barrack yard we're bound to make our own weapons and our enemies are the worst that's made the sort that comes skulking along in the guise of friends there aren't any bands playing either to cheer us along and when we win there are no medals and honours only maybe an aching heart she drew herself up with a startled little laugh <laughs> mussy listen to me sermonizing i guess i better get back to facts as fast as i know how when i said stanner was too well off i didn't mean money exactly but things are too easy for him all round he's handsome and strong and clever and charming and there's an uncle in the background who plays fairy godfather and plans out his life ahead so that he has nothing to worry about like other young men he's not an old uncle really he's almost young but he had an accident as a boy which laid him up for quite a spell and turned him into a shy recluse then when at last he recovered he was lame so of course he was cut off from active life and i guess from what i've heard that he's sensitive about it anyway he lives all alone and has adopted stanor as a kind of son and fusses over him like a hen with one chick a bit more than the young man appreciates i fancy how fuss in what way oh ambitious don't you know miss ward explained vaguely all the things he ever wanted to be and to do and couldn't he is determined that stanor shall do for him he's clever and studious and serious so he's set on it that the poor boy should be a bookworm too 
and put study before everything else and have serious ideas on uh, the responsibility of property honor frowned at the tips of her small satin shoes drains you know and cottages and overcrowding the poor of course that kind of thing comes easy enough when you are thirty-five and lame but poor stanner is only twenty-four and as handsome as paint it's difficult to be serious-minded at twenty-four and patient with people who fuss pixie knitted her brows with an air of perturbation but i hope he is nice to his uncle it would be so hard to be hurt in your body and hurt in your mind at the same time it's bad enough for him poor creature to have to sit still and live his life through another his heart is not crippled nor his mind nor his will and fancy me dear going on being patient day after day year after year while your body held you back and you longed and couldn't and felt the spirit to move a mountain and were obliged to lie still on a sofa pixie bounced in a characteristic fashion on her own sofa corner and whisked a minute pocket-handkerchief to her eyes excuse me me dear will you change the conversation i was always soft-hearted but red eyes at a dinner-party are not a la mode let's talk about pickles End of chapter six